This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Fuller Speed Ahead. I'm Craig Fuller here with Lane Kidd of the Hi. Trucking Alliance. I am so excited to be here. We're excited to have you. And I'm on your program. You are. You are on uh, Fuller Which is, Speed Ahead. This is not like the prelim program. This is no, the this main is deal. the main event. I mean, right? People have waited. Look at, look at this crowd. Ahead. Everybody people, here is no, just people are running, around. People are running to the stage. They are. It's insane. Yeah, You're going to get like autographs it. and photos. I like it. It's good. <laughs> so, Lane, the Trucking Alliance is a uh, organization that really uh, works on safety. At times, it's polarizing. The position that the alliance takes is yeah. is, uh, is viewed in different lights, depending on where you're at. I'd love for you to give a, a little bit of background on what the, the alliance is. Well, you know, the... the, the it's a coalition of truckload carriers created it in 2011 because they believed that carriers should be more accountable to the public than they have been, uh, that we could incorporate technology into a lot of policies that would not only make the carriers safer, but make the industry safer and in turn, you know, make the public a little bit safer than they have been. Very few industries in the United States are engaged in so many accidents that kill so many people and injure another 140,000 people every year than, than our great industry. And we love this industry and we love the technology behind it, but we're not utilizing the technology in ways to increase safety as much as we are in ways to increase efficiency. Now, this is it's sort of, you know, you hear what you're saying about uh, the accidents the industry is involved in. And, and, and some of the things that you've talked about can be, you know, the stats are just astounding, uh, whether it's uh, the opioid, uh, opioid uh, issue and, yeah. and all of that. But I mean, I'm, I'm curious, your organization's made up of trucking companies and large trucking companies. It seems odd that you would come out and talk about these facts. Why, why, why would you do that? Well, I, I think the trucking industry that I grew up in, and I did grow up in it, has always attracted a segment of businesses that probably should not be in the trucking industry. What do you mean by that? Well, they're underinsured. You're talking about carriers that are underinsured. I'm talking about companies that are underinsured to fulfill the public responsibilities that we have to general society. But what we're finding also is that we, unfortunately, as an industry, have attracted way too many people who are habitual drug users who operate commercial trucks on the highways within four or five feet of our family every day. And, you know, the trucking lines carriers believed that's just not the right way to be. You know, this industry should really tighten itself instead of this sort of unbridled mentality that much of the industry has tried to follow for so long. Now the the carriers want to be self-regulating. They want to. They they are already having to invest in significant safety technology, significant processes to mitigate these types of issues. They're wanting the rest of the industry to follow suit. That's right. And and is the position of the alliance is that 
the regulatory framework is not strong enough or the enforcement of the regulations is not strong enough to really have an impact on some of these bad actors? Both. I mean, if you look at the regulatory framework that governs the trucking industry, it was only in the last year that the industry decided to utilize technology to enforce how many hours the driver can operate a truck. For 65 years, this industry supported paper logbooks, which drivers could easily falsify. Uh, we have a drug testing system in this industry that actually misses about nine of ten actual drug users because of our own studies that we've conducted. The Trucking Alliance carriers all utilize hair testing in their pre-employment qualifications. So we decided to check on how safe that would be. You know, how... How effective is hair testing at actually identifying people who utilize habitual drugs? So we took 151,000 paired drug tests, a urine test, a hair test, and we compiled the data. And what we discovered alarmed the carriers. There were only 15 carriers that participated in this study. What we found is that the DOT test the regulation that DOT requires of all trucking companies, that that test missed nine out of ten actual drug users. Only the hair test identified those people. So let's, let's pretend for a minute that I work for the airline industry and all of us came in here on airlines over the last couple of days. What if I told you that our study indicates 10,000 commercial airline pilots are habitual drug users? I wouldn't get on that plane. No. No way. And we'd probably have Congress holding a hearing next week to find out how we can rid the industry of 10,000 habitual drug users who are operating commercial airlines. Now, what, what we don't sometimes realize is the trucking industry and the truck drivers that work in the trucking industry are treated and regulated the very same way as commercial airline pilots and the industry shouldn't turn its back on the fact that we probably have 300,000 truck drivers who are operating today who would fail a drug test. Which is insane when you think about that. And I think with the highways, uh, driving down the highway and, you know, these trucks are near my family. They're near me. That's, That's pretty right. scary. What do you, I mean, if you think about the amount of uh, work, why would you create a new association if the ATA is is supposed to be doing this job? Well, ATA is a great organization, and in fact, some of the carriers in the Trucking Alliance are members of the American Trucking Associations and the other organizations that represent the industry from sort of a broad-based perspective. Where the Trucking Alliance is different is that it has taken and is taking policy positions that are more progressive than the big industry associations have taken simply because their membership is diverse. In ATA's case, it, it represents 50 state trucking associations. It's hard to get 50 people to agree to anything. And they're all sizes and, and stuff. So this is yeah, really saying, look, I mean, if I think about it, you've got these nuclear lawsuits, which have these carriers in, and not, I mean, basically you're talking about these massive lawsuits. What, what do we need as an industry to, to sort of solve for that? Well, I, I'm not sure you'll ever 
probably dictate tort reform in ways that will do away with nuclear verdicts. But the way the industry is structured today from an insurance perspective and from a liability perspective is that 12 people who form a jury walk into their jury room and they have no guidance because this industry is so massively underinsured that it's left up to a jury to decide what the damages should be. There's a school of thought that if the industry really was insured at the level that it should be, since, you know, the insurance levels haven't been changed in 35 years, and in fact, if you simply had medical inflation costs and moved it forward from 1980, every trucking company would have about $3.9 million worth of liability insurance. If you have higher levels of insurance, juries tend to work within that framework. But they feel like the, the insurance rates are, are the insurance levels, the coverage isn't uh, relative to the, to the issues that are out there. Oh, exactly. And, and the industry shouldn't, should not uh, want to gauge how much insurance it pays based on what can afford. <laughs> it seems like with the nuclear lawsuits, uh, trial attorneys try to get these companies to the brink, and then that's about as far as they'll take it. Like right to the brink, so they'll well, either sure, it or sure, it's the burden nest on the ground. I mean, if you if you have a client that has been injured in a truck accident, and you know that the trucking company is small and only has a million dollars worth of insurance, you'll settle for a million dollars and move on. Yeah, for sure. I this is a technology conference. A lot of stuff happening. What is it that you're most optimistic about or concerned about as it relates to technology? Well, I'm I'm amazed at how smart everybody is here. Because I work on the political side of the industry, and we're not nearly as smart in D.C. as the people I'm seeing here. But I think that technology is not only going to make the industry so much more efficient, which is what we've seen in many of the demonstrations so far today, but technology will make the industry safer. Uh, with electronic logging devices, speed limiters, the collision mitigation systems that many of the companies here have come out with and that carriers are purchasing on their trucks, these are going to help the industry be safer. We do have a public responsibility to make sure that we don't have as many fatalities and injuries as we do as an, as an industry. And I think the technology will help us um, save lives. Yeah, for sure. What do you think? I, I mean, a lot of people in the room are not involved in public policy. This is not really the event for public policy. You're, you're an exception to that. There are certainly executives that are concerned about public policy public policy. But as you think about the people in this room that are oftentimes on the business side or on the technology side, what is it as a message that you would like to send to them that they could be doing to implement technologies that mitigate and help save lives? You talked about the astounding facts of how many opioid users are out there. You've talked about, the, you know, we know how many accidents are out there. What, do you, what would you recommend and what would you like to see from a technology implementation happen that would make the industry safer? Well, carriers are very concerned about liability. Anyone who owns a trucking company or manages a large trucking company is very concerned about liability and the expenses associated with that. So I think that technology, if it can meet that need, if it can reduce the risk, if it can mitigate risk in the company as much as it's improving the efficiencies of the company, the carrier will actually make more money by mitigating risk through technology 
than by improving efficiency. Yeah, it strikes me that with ELD mandate and other types of visibility technologies, we actually have a chance to hold other actors, not just the carriers, uh, accountable, freight brokers and shippers that are using carriers that are not compliant. Is that something you would like to see, that pa- that liability pass through to these other oh, absolutely. And every, every time Congress meets in D.C., you have the freight brokers and their associations trying to lower the bonding requirements that are required of, of freight brokers. If anything, they should be much, much higher than they are because, you know, they're essentially middlemen. They're acting as middlemen between the carrier and the shipper. And many of them are, very few of them are asset-based in any way. I mean, if, if I have a computer and a cell phone, I can be a broker. Do you find, I mean, there's a number of these large freight brokers that in this room that are using technology um, and are some are part of very large asset operators. Do you find that as you talk to them about their brokerage business, they think differently than the non-asset guys do? Oh, yeah, I think so. Because they, they empathize with running a carrier, right? Right. I mean, if, if, a, if an accident, if, you know, J.B. Hunt's in the room and, and they're a big supporter of, of this show, if, you know, if, if they're involved in a brokerage transaction, they know what that life's like because they actually have assets. Absolutely. And J.B. Hunt is a, a founding member of the Trucking Alliance and, and one of those carriers that really pushes and promotes safety in everything that it does. But it also promotes safety throughout the chain, throughout the supply chain in utilizing independent contractors and brokers that actually want to do it safely. I've got to ask you about AB5 in California. Do you have a point of view on about the new California independent contractor rule? Or is this something you want to stay away from? Yeah, I'll stay away from that one. <laughs> All right, fair California enough. California does things differently than the rest California of the country. California is, uh, they, they to, say the the least, to say the they least. To say the least. They set the curve. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's hopefully... I mean, this is a perspective of someone who who likes free markets and doesn't like some of these regulations. And you've been pro-regulation in some sense. Hopefully, there's rational regulations in, in Washington and not irrational uh, regulation like we see. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I think that the private sector is always out in front of government regulation. And so many times, by promoting a regulation, you're actually – you wind up with something that is not as advanced – as the private sector could actually have it be. Yeah. So one of the challenges is to move agencies along so that they welcome private sector technology, and a lot of bureaucrats don't like to do that. Well, I think oftentimes the technology is way ahead of the regulations. Oh, absolutely. And, they, and the inertia and the time it takes to get regulations solved for technology has, in many ways, leapfrog, which is... I think is it the way you would want it as a society. If you don't want the government deciding what technology should win and lose. Absolutely. I mean, Congress can mandate a certain thing be done, but then once government writes the rule for it, it winds up being further behind than it was yeah. when Congress passed well, it. Well, it's, it's just a speed. I mean, we, as an industry and technology, move at a speed of light, and uh, the regulation moves at the speed of print. I mean, it's a very slow world. Really. I mean, if government would learn to cut and paste... <laughs> from the private sector, it would be a lot more efficient. We'll see. I don't think that's happening, and government does not seem to be figuring these things out quickly. Uh, well, congratulations on your success of, of uh, putting this st- uh, stuff out in the industry. Uh, enjoyed having you on the show. Hi. I'm honored to be on, on a fuller speed ahead. You know? Anytime. We'll get you in Chattanooga at our studio there. Okay. So. All right, Lane. Take care.